Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. Today, we are talking about Black History Month and Women's History Month. February was Black History Month, and we are at the beginning of March, which is Women's History Month. So we are at the intersection between Black History Month and Women's History said it. Month, you right? S- you the use, intersection. You use the term. Yeah, so we're going to... that You can't use that term anymore. No, we're, 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 we're actually going to talk about... out of conservative circles. <laughs> I know, man. And there's no... I know, I'm already in jeopardy, probably. That's right. There's no room, there's no room for that term in the conservative they circles They probably got today. a car, like, with strikes on it. That's right. People listening to the mm-hmm. podcast, yep. like, you're, right. you're oh, going to get kicked out. They talked about CRT. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we just want to talk a little bit about intersectionality. Mm. Um, this is a good opportunity for us to do that, being that we are at the intersection of two different identities, right? Yes. Black people and, and women. And so that's what we are going to talk about today. So last month we talked about um, black history and kind of we've been talking about throughout the podcast what we learned about black history in school. Uh, so, Brother William, what were you taught about women's history well, in let me, school? Uh, just just so people are on the same page as us before we what 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 do we mean? You know, we're, we're kind of using the whole intersection between black history and then women's history month this month. So what do we mean by intersectionality? What's a, the briefest, the easiest briefest, way? definition I would give is that you you have people who have multiple identities. So let's say okay. uh, a black woman, mm-hmm. right? Multiple minority identities. Okay. And those identities intersect in a way to where her, her um, issues, the way that she's discriminated against will be different than just a, a black man or a white woman. Okay. And so you can't address her issues by targeting black men in general or black people in general or white mm. women in general. Right. You have to address her issues in particular as a black woman. Okay. And yes. we'll we'll kind of flesh that out some more as we work through. But I thought that might be something that would be helpful. So Yeah, so you won't tune out yes. early so on. I think I mean, you know, the question then for me is um, you know, what was I taught? And and really the only thing that I remember being taught about um, this in my history classes was essentially women's suffrage. Yeah, the fight, the fight to vote was um, right. Was was taught about, and I don't know if that was just because, you know, my history teachers ran out of time at the end of the year, and so they were just trying to throw stuff together, and they skipped a whole bunch of stuff. But but it seems like that was the only thing we got to in like American history, yeah. or you know, it was you know just this fight for women to vote. So really, very very little. Yes. Of the struggle of the black woman. Right. And and I think, again, this is where kind of intersectionality comes in. That was lumped in together with just the struggle for, um, I mean, this, I mean, the black history in general, right? There was yes. a history that we dealt with in general, the civil rights movement, slavery, those types of things. But that was general. There wasn't like a right. focus on um, 
the, the, the females, right? There, there wasn't a focus on black, um, the history of black women. So what would you say? I mean, what, what was your experience with that? Yeah, I would say it was similar. I mean, we talked about things like Amelia Earhart, which okay. would probably be in a couple of sentences in the history book yeah. or, you mm-hmm. know, some, but like you, like you said, for the most part, it was women's suffrage. But even with like women's suffrage, it was more like Susan B. Anthony or, mm-hmm. you know, the white pe- the white women who course, contributed yeah. to mm-hmm. to women's suffrage. We didn't really learn about people like Sojourner Truth yeah. or Ida B. Wells, who were yes. also a part of the women's suffrage movement, but they weren't necessarily considered equal. Like mm. even the white women that were working with them right. um, and towards women's suffrage, they didn't consider the black women that were a part of the same movement as their equals. So, I mean, would you say, and I know this is kind of speculation here, but like, would you say that there were many white women who were in the suffrage movement who really weren't that concerned about black women being able to vote? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily even speculation. I think okay. that there's documentation that, that, that actually, was actually shows the case. that this is the case. Like we are, we want women to have the right to vote, but we what we basically mean is white women to yeah. have the right to vote because we don't necessarily even consider these women right. <laughs> to be women. Yeah. Like they're not even on our level. Um, there's a speech that Sojourner Truth gave. It's a really famous speech in the black mm-hmm. community. It's called Ain't I a Woman? Mm. And she gave it to the National Women's Conference or, right. or something like that back in the 1800s. And it's like... Ain't I a woman? Like right. and she's in that speech, she's given the the um difference between how white women are treated and mm. how black women are treated. Right. And so you see even there like the uh, some of the ideas around intersectionality where yeah. mm-hmm. um, black women are are do not have the exact same issues that white women have. Right. Or black men have. Right. And so you have to deal with their issues. In, in a way that addresses the what they feel mm-hmm. are their issues, right. not necessarily what w- how you address black men or white women. Right. We talk a lot about kind of representation. Yes. You know, so kind of using the you know, do you have a seat at the table type yes. thing? So it. So I mean, again, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, it's it's like what you're saying is is that a black woman, if there's a black man at the table, yes. Okay, he's black, so he's, that's represented. Right. And then you have a white woman at the table. Yeah. So now we've got a we've got a woman. So that doesn't necessarily mean that a black woman would feel represented. No, because there's no black woman at the table. Right. Right. I mean, there's there's yes, there's a black person at the table, and there's a woman at the table, but there's not actually somebody that can they can identify. Yes, that's with. exactly yeah. where where intersectionality would go with that. They would say that. Her, she is not still represented she's at still, that table. That's right. She right? still has no representation at all. And yeah. so, what we have to realize is that there there are groups that are where 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 we are thinking that we're trying to um, fight against some of these things. We have to realize that there are people who have um, kind of double trouble. <laughs> right right like mm-hmm. they're not just being discriminated because they're a woman they're not being discriminated just because they're black or latino or asian or mm-hmm. whatever identity they are they are being discriminated 
on, on a whole nother level. Right. Multiple fronts. Yeah, right. on multiple fronts. And it doesn't mm-hmm. look like um, the discrimination that would be for each identity. It, it is mutated into something that is yeah. even different than, than, than what a black man or a white woman would face on their own. Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean, going back to kind of the, uh, I think the, the suffrage movement is fascinating. So essentially what you had within the suffrage movement is you had women who were being oppressed by men. Yes. White women. And were obviously the, the, the movement was to overturn that oppression. Right. Right. And for nothing else, I mean, if, if, I mean, in one sense it was, yeah, we want to be able to vote, but there was, there was more. I mean, it was more than just. It's inequality, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so they're, they're fighting for that. And yet at the same time. Yes. They themselves were oppressing another group. Yeah. And so what, what happened even in the midst of that is, is you started, they started to use, lose some of their credibility. Like, okay, well, you you want equality, but you're not, at the same time, you're being kind of hypocritical because you're not treating these women Mm -hmm. with equality yourself. Right. And so, I mean, that's a way to deflect, right? That's a way for people who don't want to grant rights to to anybody to be able to deflect from Mm -hmm. actually doing what they are supposed to do. Right. But there is some legitimacy to that argument to say that, Mm -hmm. well, why are you fighting for rights when you're unwilling to give rights to um, a group of people yourself? Yeah, I think it's such a good, like, man, we, we... Human depravity is yeah. is just it's it's far deeper and and there, there's more struggle with it in our societies and within our own hearts. I yeah. mean, we just want to talk personal than I think we often recognize. And and I think that that is really important, especially for for minorities even today. It's mm-hmm. like as you are fighting for rights or fighting for justice. Mm. You have to realize that you have that same depravity within you right. that can lead you to behave in a way that is discriminatory to towards mm-hmm. a whole nother group of people or discriminatory towards the people that you are even trying to receive rights from. Mm-hmm. Right. You you can get you can go overboard. You can overcorrect in these yes. situations like you just because you are a minority doesn't mean that you you are somehow exempt from depravity. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have I, to you have to check that depravity and make sure that mm-hmm. you are being biblical in in the ways in which you are fighting for justice and the in the ways that you are seeking justice and and don't think don't take for granted the uh, the fact that because you are oppressed that you can't be the oppressor as well. Right. I mean just understanding um I mean the the mutual responsibility idea, yeah. right? I mean I think that was um, that was brought out uh, so well in the um, the uh, George um, Yancey, yeah, Yancey's book. Yeah, um, was it racial gridlock? Was that the name? Yeah, of it? yeah, right. Or beyond racial gridlock? Maybe, yes, wasn't it? Yeah, you know his book I thought did a really good job of of trying to make that point. You know yeah. that there is that that we have to be careful in how we handle that. Right. All right. So, right. So there, there is kind of there is this this kind of clear history. I think the women's suffrage movement is a good kind of example of kind of intersectionality and kind of how how that works. Um, obviously, we you know, and I think I think we should say it right. There are definitely times when intersectionality is taken too far. And oh, absolutely. Right, just like we said with CRT, right? There's yeah. 
um, you know, it, it, you end up blaming everybody, and 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 again, that's that that lack of mutual responsibility there yes. that comes out. I think so. We we want to caution there, uh, but what so that suffrage is kind of <laughs> in in the past in one sense, but what what are some contemporary examples of this continuing to happen? I think one that that has happened recently um, that was that has been in the news now, but when it initially happened, it wasn't in the news. Um, as much as similar instances. And we think about the Brianna Taylor incident right. in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, that, when she first died, we that wasn't much heard about mm-hmm. that nationally. Right. Was that even a national, I, could that make it to national news at the it, beginning? It did not make it in national news okay. until, like, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd situations happened. Really brought it to light. And it started to say, well, mm. what about her? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and so... Even though you have you have black men who are willing to um, stand up when it's like George Floyd or Michael mm-hmm. Brown or mm-hmm. um, Ahmaud Arbery and things right. like that, right? Are they do they have the same passion or awareness even right. when it comes to black women who are being uh, the same thing is happening to them, right? But are they receiving the same attention or are are they receiving the same amount of protest, right? right. Mm-hmm. Are are we overlooking those situations mm. um, because they are black women? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, we think about, uh, there, there was a situation in, in Minneapolis where um, a white woman got killed by the police. I think she was originally from Australia. Okay. Uh, that officer got convicted of murder. Mm, right. right. And that, that received national news, not national news, but international coverage right. well, at the yeah. time. She's, right? Australian. she's from Australia. Right? Sure. Um, Brianna Taylor didn't get Sandra Bland and, all, you know, other women who mm-hmm. have been victims of um, police brutality or died at the hands of police, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. They haven't received that same amount of coverage. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so we, we see how, you know, the idea of intersectionality these different identities can 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 really affect people who hold them in mm. in, a, in a just a negative way mm. um i remember growing up even like um when kids used to go missing or you know be kidnapped or right. murdered mm-hmm. and you couldn't find them like the amount of atten- attention like a white child or like a white girl received versus a a black girl Right. It yeah. was tot it was totally disproportionate. Like right. like 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 John Bonet Ramsey received so much attention in the mm-hmm. news to like movies made. Right, yeah. Uh, it was a big deal. Documentary mm-hmm. like all types of stuff made with her, but there were black like there were black girls who were missing at the same time or around those same times who didn't right. receive half as much of attention as she did. Right. And and so you, you see the disparities in the the what 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 it appears is a lack of concern, right? Mm, right. And a lack of resources that go to because mm. of the lack of attention that it gets. Yeah, no, that's where it starts getting right. Yeah. The lack of resources that goes to finding that that black girl versus the amount of resources that was put into right trying to locate or solve the case of John Bonet Ramsey. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, not saying that like like hear me out. Not saying that John Bonet Ramsey didn't deserve <laughs> right. All that attention. Sure. 
what we're saying is, is that that same amount of effort, that same amount of attention should be given to a, a poor black girl as yeah. it was given to a wealthy white girl. Right. right? And, that, and that, you know, I mean, that's. I mean, the Ramsey case is interesting. I mean, obviously somebody could say, well, you know, there were all these kind of weird, like it was a weird case. Yeah, you very know? much so. Because there were other white girls who were going missing yeah. at the time, and they weren't they weren't treated like Ramsey or whatever. Right. And in one sense, yes, that's true. But, but I do think, uh, and some of it does go back to, I mean, some of it does just go back to economics, right? I yeah. I mean, th- there's going to be more emphasis for to find the wealthy girl than there's going to be to find the poor girl. And that's I mean, one of the... Be, yeah, that's the, that's one of the even the identities that intersectionality talks yep. about. And once mm-hmm. again, we want to say we want to make sure we add the fact that inter, intersectionality has some problems because right. it has it 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 has some identities within it that we would say will be totally unbiblical. Yeah, like mm-hmm. some identities that we wouldn't necessarily want to endorse or to right. to, to to even give credence to. That's right. Um, whatsoever. But there are some identities, and wealth is one of them. Being mm-hmm. wealthy versus being poor that can um, sway, yeah. <laughs> you know, how mm-hmm. what it, what amount of attention, what amount of resources are being poured into right um, different situations. But yeah. I would still say, like even in um, even in case of a poor white girl, <laughs> right, versus right. A, a case of a of a wealthy black girl. Like mm. w- there may be a disparity even within that. Like which identity, <laughs> which identity is going to come to the forefront more? Yeah, right. Is it going to be the wealth, or, or mm. is it going to be the black, or is it going to be a, a girl versus a boy, or or different situations like that? Like which identity do we um, uphold more within our society? Understanding that really none of them should be right. <laughs> none of them. There, there should be. Um, equal concern in regards to, to those situations, no matter who you are or no matter how much money you have right. in those different situations. But All right. what ends up happening is is that we tend to put more value into different identities. Mm-hmm. And so we end up, and this is kind of what um, intersectionality talks about, we end up with a caste system. Mm, yeah. Like if you are male... You you're no matter your yeah, no matter if you're black, white, or whatever color you are, you're mm-hmm. towards the top. When you're female, you know, white female, you might be a little bit below. But if you are a right. black female, Latino female, things like that, and right. you are going to be really towards the bottom, mm, right? And that that's problematic for us as that should be problematic for us as followers of Christ, right? It's all I mean. Again, it, it goes back to value. Yes, I mean that's what we're talking about, right? And we're asking this weird, awkward question of who has more value? Yeah. <laughs> Which, biblically, we would say, Imago Dei, man, everybody has the yeah. same value in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. But, I mean... Most of our theologies are on point, right? Our yeah. theology, we're Theologically, we're going to be yeah. on point with that. We all have the same value. Practically, right. yeah, living out that theology. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's going to be where we run into a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think our theology forces us to kind of look at those practices and look at look at um, you know different different ways. It, um, and and be willing to ask those questions. Yeah, and be willing to challenge some of those ideas. I mean, we can still, and we'll talk more about this uh, maybe in a future 
episode. I mean, we can still value roles and yes. see different roles for different genders or however you want to look at that. Right. But that that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have the conversation about value. Yes. You know, and um, I actually think that's I think it's important to to bring that up. What, what's maybe another kind of contemporary example um, concerning kind of this um, black women, the struggle? Um, what's maybe another example that you've seen of that? Uh, we see it in Hollywood and okay. Hollywood being, you know, one of the most liberal yeah. places right. right in the universe. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> like, even if there are aliens out there, right. Hollywood they're, is probably still like, the most liberal place. In the, the, alien, the aliens are appalled. <laughs> the liberal aliens are appalled yes. at what's happening in California currently right now. Right. But oh, even wow. Hollywood, you see where black women, at, at, I mean, they're trying to correct this now. You know, right. a, as society has right. made justice issues more in the forefront, but historically and even, I mean, up recently, like mm. black women, um, their representation was very little or even where when they were represented, it was in roles in which like, they were even playing a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were playing a prostitute, like the first black woman to win an Oscar, like Halle Berry played one for playing a prostitute. Right. Right, are they're not playing roles in which they are like the heroine, yeah, or mm-hmm. or they can be looked up to in yeah, a yeah. way, and so, I mean, Hollywood had a and but that was once again different than white women, which was different mm. than white men, yeah, yeah, which is different than black men, yeah, yeah. It's but so you had this kind of caste system where probably mm-hmm. white men are at the top and then you yeah. maybe maybe even have like a tie between black men and white women. Right. But at the bottom of that scale is definitely black women or Latino right. women or or, you know, any woman that is a minority, right? Yeah. And so Hollywood is is trying to correct that, but there's always that problem of overcorrecting. Yeah. Right. Mm. Overcorrecting to the point where, like, say, you start to become the oppressor mm. yeah. when you were once the oppressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I mean, you you expect that from people who don't necessarily hold to biblical values, and so right. we have to um, find a way to to value um, all these people. But in a way to where we don't end up overvaluing, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. like where mm-hmm. we've where we have undervalued, where we don't yeah. go to the point where we're now overvaluing Over, yeah, to yeah. the point where we oppress an, yeah. another group of right. people. There's always that temptation to be oppressive, right? As you know, if you can get that power, it's like we're going to seize that power and take it, and you know, yeah. Well, let, let me let me just try to shift a little bit, and again, we're going to talk about this more maybe in weeks ahead. But what what are some biblical? Is there any biblical examples of this kind of thing? This intersectionality, yeah, particularly when it comes to women. I think we see this um, kind of really really clearly in the Bible and how God um, shows value to women who are not Jewish, okay. right? Who are not mm-hmm. part of the the Israelites. And we see it even in how Jesus treated women who were yeah. not part of of Israel. And I think one of the most um, clear examples is Ruth from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Ruth being a, a woman mm-hmm. who is from the nation of Moab. She's right. a Moabite. 
Not Jewish. Not Jewish at all. Mm-hmm. Mo- Mo- Moabites were actually not supposed to be a part of right. <laughs> Israel yep. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when Ruth comes back to Israel with her mother-in-law, mm-hmm. she is shown value, right? Ruth is shown value. She's shown value to the point where she's included in Jesus's genealogy. That's right. Mm -hmm. She's an ancestor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so you also see it in Tamar. Mm -hmm. Um, Judah's, well, (laughs) we don't even want to talk about. That's an interesting story. (laughs) It's an interesting story. Maybe we should give a warning before we talk about Tamar. We're trying to keep this PG, PG PG-13. If you got your kids in the vehicle with you right now. Tamar going, that story is going. Maybe we just don't tell about Tamar. You just go to Genesis and you read about Judah's interaction with Tamar. But Tamar is not of, you know, the tribes of Israel. Right. But she also is a part of um, Jesus's mm-hmm. genealogy. Yep. Like Judah had uh, a wife and mm-hmm. other yeah. son that yeah. you know God could have used to to bring Jesus into the world. But He shows right. value to this woman who has been mistreated. Yep. Right. And he, she, he makes sure. To, and when you read Matthew's genealogy, it comes out clear that God is making sure to show value not just to women, but to women who are not a part of Israel. Right. You see it in Rahab. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Rahab is another yep. woman in Jesus's mm-hmm. genealogy. Like you have all these right. people coming back from Egypt yep. uh, who have wives and who are part of this tribe. But yep. God says, I'm going to use this woman mm-hmm. who is from Jericho, who is not a part of um, the people of Israel, but she's going to be a part of... Yeah, who's a straight-up, I mean, prostitute. Like straight-up prostitute. Rahab the prostitute. Right. That, that is, is how, how she, she is, is described yep. in the genealogy, right? <laughs> how she is described wow. throughout the Bible. Yeah. But mm-hmm. God says, I'm going to show her value, right? and I'm going to use her as a vessel to bring my son into the world as a baby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, you see how God places value upon women and, and, and minority women, yeah. Um, and so we should do that as well. So h- how do we see this in uh, the ministry of Jesus? On well, this yeah. Earth? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, just this past Sunday, we were looking at John four yeah. uh, where Jesus goes and uh, brother Lucas preached about Jesus, you know, going and uh, ministering to the Samaritan Shout out woman. to brother Lucas. There we go. That's right. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. And going, going to minister to um, the Samaritan woman. Yeah. Samaritans, uh, John actually notes in the text, Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Yes. I mean, this was, she was a woman and she was a Samaritan. Right. I mean, if you're Jewish and you're reading that and you're thinking, why in the world yes. is Jesus having a conversation? Right. I mean, the situation was so bad is that people would be taking a journey and it would be the journey would be extremely short if you went straight through Samaria. Yeah. People would go all the way around. Jews. Wow. Jews would go yeah. all the way around just to avoid interacting with Samaritans. Crazy. And so here you have this story of Jesus interacting with the Samaritan woman, uh, you know, leading her to trust him, leading her uh, to follow follow him. She goes back and leads the whole tribe. I mean, it's a it's a great story, and it's obviously Jesus. Uh, showing the value yes. of not just Samaritans, right, which would have been controversial, but Samaritan women, Ooh, right, yeah. and so Jesus doing uh, doing that there uh, is another good example. The other uh, talk to us about that one in in Matthew fifteen. There's a story of the Canaanite woman who 
who wants to be healed, right? Yeah. And Jesus is like, I came, I came for the children of Israel, and she right. keeps She's pressing outside. them, right? Mm-hmm. She keeps pressing them, and Jesus is like, woman, you have great faith. Like, yeah. she's a Canaanite woman. Like, you think, you think about the Canaanites. Yeah. Like, these are the people that are coming, supposed to be the enemies. destroyed, They're right? the enemies of God, yeah. Enemies of God, supposed mm-hmm. to be destroyed from the promised land. But you see this woman who who has such faith in Jesus, Jesus that uh, even though Jesus is like, hey, you know, I came for the children of Israel, he's like, I'm going to show you value because you have such great faith in me yeah. that I'm going to meet your request. So, so we see this in... And not only God the Father, but God the Son, how, how they place so much value on minority women hmm. um, in the Word of God. And so as the people of God, we have to be intentional about doing that as well. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, what's our uh, diversity resource for this week, Brother Kenny? Diversity resource for this week is the movie Hidden Figures. It is about uh, yes. the um, yes. um, black women who are a part mathematicians at NASA. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the uh, mission to the moon. And right. so they are a crucial part of um, getting them to the moon. Um, but what what is shown in this movie is kind of how those identities, being black women in NASA during that time, how it affected them. And they were not just hated by just the, the white men. They were hated by the white women. Like they faced um, discrimination from all around the place. Very good movie, um, very inspiring, so we do recommend you check that out. Crazy question. There we go. All right, there it is. Uh, So it is time for our crazy question of uh, the week. And our crazy question for this week, trying to to at least have something to do with what we've talked about, which is not we don't necessarily have to do that, but, but we tried. So here's our crazy question for this week. Kenny, Pastor Kenny, what is your favorite flavor combination? We talk a lot about food in the we, crazy question. We do, because <laughs> we like to eat. So the baskets, as we see, right? Got me all, in, all hungry all the all time right. now. <laughs> all right, so what, Kenny, what is your favorite flavor intersection, right? Fav- favorite combination. Favorite flavor intersection. So, man, it is blondie, like blunt, the, the, the ice, the brownie. Like the blondie brownie, blondie brownie. Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yes. And vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice Man, cream. Man, you put those two together, I am done. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm right. totally done. That's so the combination that's you the want. Combination. And your your wife, she makes good blondies. She does make good. Man, yes. I'd be like, I'd be trying to. <laughs> you begin some vanilla ice cream. I'd be trying to smuggle some of those blondies home. <laughs> Just get Dude, some vanilla gotta, ice cream. If, if she makes those for like the. Uh, um, Fellowship meals. Fellowship meals. You have to go. You you have to skip the. Oh man. You have to skip I the main that. course line and yeah. go straight to the dessert table. I check the dessert table first just you, to see if yeah, they're there. You gotta get. They're gone. They gone. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get that. All right. Uh, well, my mine. So, uh, my favorite flavor combination is I have discovered that you have to eat. I uh, as a diabetic, I eat a lot of Starburst. Yes. Uh, I've learned. This is weird, but I've learned that I can control my blood sugar pretty well with a Starburst. Yes, you uh, learned that. Well, I mean, it's taken me a long time. But, is that a but desire? That's, well, yeah. I mean, there's probably other ways that I could do that, right. but Starburst is enjoyable. Raisins. So, raisins. Get out of here, man. So, I ain't eating nothing healthy. So, this is the one time in my life I can eat candy. Right. I'm a diabetic. <laughs> Got a legitimate reason okay, to eat, eat candy. I'm eat raisins. To give you raisins. Right. Who right. eats raisins? And so, when I'm... But what I've learned is that you can't, like everybody always say, like, what's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite Starburst or whatever? 
the best way to eat a Starburst is a combination. Makes it better. Yeah. You take a pink, and you always have to have at least one pink. Mm-hmm. You start with a pink, because that is actually the best flavor. But you start with a pink, and then you combine it with a red, or you combine yes. it with a yellow, or you combine it with an orange. You take the wrappers off of both. Yes. Before you put them into your mouth, you take the wrappers off of both, and then you put both of them into your mouth at the same time. That is the That's grandest right. flavor combination. And the only way to eat a Starburst. If you're eating it any other way, you're doing it wrong. You know Starburst has come out with the duos now. But yeah. you're not, I mean, they only half of one, yeah, right? Yeah. You need two full mm, Starburst, yeah. right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Maybe Starburst oh, will hear okay. us talking about this. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Somebody want to tag? Somebody yeah. hashtag some Starburst with <laughs> right. us so maybe we can get them to. Yes. All right. Thank you guys uh, for listening in. We will continue to talk about some more of these uh, issues uh, through the month of March and um, as it's kind of focusing on. Uh, women and so we want to we want to do that and so we'll continue to do that Uh, but thanks so much for listening today and we will catch you next week god bless you thanks so much for listening to the diversity and fellowship podcast if you want to join the discussion please send us your questions and your comments to diversity and fellowship at gmail.com that's diversity and fellowship at gmail.com we would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.